Thank you all for listening to One Mic Stand. Do follow us on our Facebook and Instagram page. That is O-N-E underscore M-I-C-S-T-A-N-D. Also, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts with the same name. And last but not least, to all our groupies, we could not have done it without your support and feedbacks. Fuck yeah. Alright, Talib, today we have, finally, uh, we have an Angmo on our podcast and he's French. A tout le monde, a tous mes amis, je vous aime, je dois partir, Mr. Bruce. <laughs> Honestly, what I'm saying is that it's not a good brother. I may look amour, but trust me, 100% Singaporean. Hey, day, I said two years and it's the pink IC, day. Yeah, we have Mr. Bruce today. How are you Thank doing, you. Bruce? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for the invitation to come on your podcast. Very glad to be here. We are glad that you accepted our invitation. It's an honor to have you in our pod. Thank you. Honor is all mine. Thank you. Where's the curry puff? Tak ada pun. Kopi now lah. You want I can buy tose for you. <laughs> so yeah, Bruce. Um, we saw you online several times giving talks and things like that. And that's the reason why we want to invite you in here. And we want you to share your experiences Um I mean, not so pleasant experiences before when you were in and out of prison for like the a good maybe 25, 30 years since you started out as a kid and then, you know, you were introduced to uh, unfortunately drugs and things like that. But uh, maybe we can go through that uh, motion of story. Sure. All right. Yeah. You just hit me with your questions and I'll answer you as best that I can. All right, man. Let's go back when you were a kid. Okay. You uh, are Eurasian born in Singapore, like uh, the many of that which happened before, but not so common now. Um, you have a father who's a French French person and a mom who's a local Chinese. Okay, my my dad is of French ancestry. Yeah. My mom is Chinese. All right. Yeah. So although I may look very Caucasian, yeah. fair, you know, hot brown, looking Caucasian. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But trust me, okay? Yeah. Do not test my linguistic prowess. You know, being Singaporean, mm. I'm minimally bilingual. Yeah. Minimally, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So, I can speak English, of course. Yeah. Uh, Mandarin, Hokkien, Cantonese, Malay, a bit of Tamil, Teochew, yeah? That's good, huh? I can only speak... Um, French. Elu relax lalu French. Must up sikit myself myself no. So how's your lifestyle like when you were a kid? You're oh, the only son? Yes, I'm the only child. Um how was my lifestyle? Okay. At a very young age my father left me. Mm. Or left us lah. Huh? Yeah. So my mom being herself okay my mom is a very strong-headed woman a very proud and strong-headed woman yeah. you know she and she did not believe in handouts yeah okay um she wanted to be independent mm -hmm. so as such she always worked and supported the both of us yeah. all right I, I mean there were stages in our life where we were very poor mm -hmm. okay um but asking for handouts is not one thing that my mother likes mm. So how school like back then? I mean, being the odd one out in school, definitely. And how, how do you grow up? Were you like, uh, were you ostracized or do you uh, get are you bullied? part of the crowd? Do you yeah. get bullied in school? I get bullied. Dude, I bully people. La. I'm Mana sure go Allah ma. Okay, <laughs> though I may not be Chinese, Malay or yeah, Indian looking, yeah, yeah. but I guess because I could speak 
their lingo, their language, you know, I was accepted as one of them. You know, so I actually grew up uh, not having any problems. But were you a good student? Of course I was. I, I was actually a very bright student, honestly. I can honestly. see that now also. Huh? I mean, you speak well and things like that. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not fucking around or anything. I, I thank you, I thank you. Uh, a lot of people um, do not know this fact. My highest educational level in government school is secondary two. Yeah. Although I, I did complete my N's and my O's in prison uh, when I was in my mid-twenties, not because I wanted to study, yeah? Yeah. but because during then, being a student afforded you many privileges that mm. being a worker, you cannot get. Ah. But I'm sure in school, you have a lot of girlfriends, right? Out with it. Brother, you're Asian, lah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you score for your O-levels in prison? Um, all levels, I know I passed, but I don't know what my score was because I didn't go and collect my certificate. Uh, I, I was released one month before my uh, results were out. Okay, then they sent me a letter asking me to go and collect my cert, my cert and all. I, I didn't go. Oh, but you know you can check that thing, that thing online now, right? Dude, absolutely no idea. I'm very old school. You know, handphone, huh? You know, this this Samsung that yeah. I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> Samsung pula. <laughs> Lots of functions, right? Yeah. You can what do worksheet, blah, 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 etc., etc. Okay, we, we buy a phone like this so that uh, we can be conveniently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we can be convenient, all right? But you know, with my S9, when it first came out, I bought this. I saved up a long time. I bought this. You know what I use my phone for? Hmm? Call, play game, Facebook. That's it, dude. <laughs> yeah, now uh, in, in the SingPass app, right, you can actually check your O level results. So you can finally check it. Uh. Maybe we can go through it together later. Okay, and maybe then, maybe later over yeah, after, tose, the podcast, whatever, after the yeah, podcast. After the podcast, yeah. Tose, uh. So Bruce, um, when, at what age or what year, if you remember, it was the first time you got into trouble? Well, I got into trouble. Mm. Okay, that's an easy one. Um, the first time I got into trouble was when I was primary six. Mm. Uh, what happened was... Chinese had problems with the Malays, okay? So, they pang sikan, pang you know what I mean? Yeah. So came down for put a gang fight. Place, uh. Yeah, put time, put place, came down for a gang fight. Uh, and then a few of the students who had been promoted to secondary school mm. also came down. Okay. Okay? So, I mean, I was one of them. Uh, I just wanted to... Fight? No, 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 no. I, during then, I just wanted to be a part of the crowd. That's it. Okay. Mm. All right. When both both groups clashed, okay, I, I, I think the fight lasted like for less than a minute, 30 seconds. But I witnessed with my own eyes, my friend, okay, got stabbed with primary a pen six, knife. Huh? Yeah, primary six. Okay. okay. So the knife actually penetrated his outside layer, right, mm. and poked into his stomach. Okay. So he, he received six stitches, three outside and three inside. Man. Okay, but the best part was this. Huh? When he got stabbed, he dropped on the field. Okay? I saw the blood was gushing out of him. Gushing, you know, like, like a yeah. faucet. You overturn a faucet mm. just like that. You know, everyone else ran away. I was the only one there. No? And you know what I did? Mm. I walked up to him. I took out my t-shirt. I pressed it on his wound. Mm. I did not leave until the police came. Okay? Honestly, I... There wasn't any sense of fear in me or what during then. All I wanted to do was help my friend, help my friend. Okay. When the police came, of course, they questioned me. Oh, you involved in a fight? 
All right. Typical me, of them. Uh. Me being Eurasian and, and, and what? I said, no. I said, I witnessed the fight. Mm. Yeah. So I, I guess I got off. Mm. So, so is, the, is the boy okay? I have no idea. He was brought to a hospital and that's it. But he was someone who was from my school. He, he survived the incident, but you he don't did, know what happened. Did, yeah. So that was the first involvement, that was the more or less involvement in getting into trouble. So where did it all go wrong, man? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> I mean... Let's talk about the, okay. the, the things, the experiments yeah. with drugs. La, huh? Everyone experimented yeah, with know. drugs at one point in time. Everyone, hmm, okay. Yeah, speaking for myself you here. Have to, <laughs> to remember your statement, uh, we'll come back to that. Call um, the CMB here. Huh? <laughs> Dude, I have your number in my phone, no? I call them most times though because of cargo. Okay. Can you call Iotan, please? <laughs> so yeah, what 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 actually got you into like experimenting? Okay, getting involved with gangs and fights um, is one thing, all right. But when a person gets himself or herself involved with drugs, yeah. that is a whole different playing field. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why um, when a person is addicted to drugs, uh, mm. all right, I guess for a lack of a better word, you're screwed, dude. You are screwed. Okay? Because when a person is addicted to drugs, even though he has stopped taking drugs, uh, yeah. all right, uh, what he went to prison, uh, you know, they threw him to cold turkey seven days. After that, he went uh, to DRC. After one year, he came out. Yeah. So he's okay, right? Yeah. No shakes and everything, right? Do you think he's okay? No. Is his addiction still there? Just like smoking, I think. His addiction is still there. Physically, he's been weaned of drugs. Physically. But not mentally. And the battle is not physical. The battle is always mental. And the sad thing is, mentally, okay, for a person like me, hardcore drug addict, uh, we will have to fight this battle till our dying breath. That is the sad truth. And I'm sure you're battling it still now. Yes. Right. But not all gloom and doom. Huh? Mm. There's also a bright side. Mm. And the bright side is, the longer you abstain from it, the easier it gets. Mm. I, I tell you, huh, the last trip I was in for LT, five years, nine months, when I came out, or just before I came out, it started in prison. And then it carried on until uh, I came out two years. You know what happened to me? What? I keep having nightmares. Nightmares of me taking drugs. Okay, me getting chased by the police for two years, you know. And sometimes I'll wake up panicking. Mm, you think it's real? Yes. I mean, in your dreams, you feel, it feels very real. You know, I'll, I'll wake up while like, you know, heavy breathing and all that. Shocked. And then when I realize, oh, it's just a dream, I calm myself down and go back to sleep. For the first two years, this happened to me. Okay. So what I'm trying to impress upon your mind is, this is the kind of toll people would have to go through. Okay, when you want to play with drugs. But what got you started? Somebody introduced you to it or? Okay, um, a bit of my family background. Huh? I'm the only child of a single parent. So as such, my mom had to go out to work all the time. Then of course, me being alone at home, I was very lonely. Ma. No siblings, no nothing. 
So at the age of 12 or 13, I went up to look for friends. Lah. And the sad thing is, I looked for them in the wrong places. Yeah. So I was, I was uh, asked to join a gang. Yeah. Okay? And three months into joining a gang, they introduced me to marijuana. This was what, 13 years old, you say? 13. 13. 13. Uh, okay. All right. um, and of course, curiosity got the better of me. Yeah. You know? Because when I was young, the only preventive drug education I had, or I guess a lot of children had at the time, was what their parents told them. And parents would always say, Hey, my, my show drugs, ah, drugs boho, ah, drugs is bad for you. Yeah. Ah, don't take drugs. And dude, I mean, let's be real. Ah. When your parents tell you not to do something, what do you do? The exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Spot on. Okay. So, um, mm. Just to cut that part a little bit. Uh, I mean, like I grew up in such a circumstance also, but obviously not in your era. Uh, probably about 10 years after you. Thank you. <laughs> Calling me all that. Okay, am I later? No, no, but it's just this proof. You see, I grew up in many terrace. Okay. Drug infested to the I core know, at that I point know, of time. Marine Terrace. Yeah, and uh, Block 15, was, which was where I was at. And then uh, my neighbor on the top floor always stoned at the uh, corridor of my house and things like that. And they would be in the same lift as us. And then these guys who are stoned will be advising me in front of my mom. Not to take drugs. Yeah. Yeah, say, so look at us, man, we are fucked, you know, don't do this when you are, you know, that kind of stuff. And it kind of terrified me a bit. Mm. And obviously, uh, my parents being like super strict, they, they, they said, okay, you, you, you better not, you know, get involved in this kind of shit and things like that, but not obviously not in that tone. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, like, we smoke, but we tell our kids and, and other people, don't smoke, it's bad. But we are doing it. Yeah. yeah? Okay, so what's the point you're... So I, I think uh, whatever that you experienced uh, back then, uh, I experienced it in another way. But fortunately, I kind of like got uh, out of it because we, we kind of moved out of that area after a while and we go to a new estate where it's pretty clean. Okay. But I've seen firsthand, uh, what I'm trying to tell you is I've seen firsthand how these guys literally suffer uh, at uh, void decks and at corridors and they're stoned to death, man. So yeah, so you can... So you introduced at 13? Yeah, so marijuana, I took my first hit of weed and dude, I tell you very honestly, the high that it gave me, I absolutely loved it. Soul, soul. So instantly, the first time that's it. The first time I took, I loved it. I loved it. Why I took it was two reasons. One, okay, curiosity. I forgot about the cat that died. Okay. Secondly, curiosity yeah, yeah. Secondly, because I want to be, I want to belong. Yeah. Okay, my friends were doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, now you ask me to try. Hey, brother, gang member, no. Mm-hmm. Smoke weed, scared. Ah. Yeah. Of course, they dare me. I, I try. Oh. Peer pressure kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Eh? Yeah. So the sad thing is, I loved it. If I had not loved it, things might be very different for me right now. But I loved it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then and you that, carry on with that and things yes. like that. And because of that, that screwed up my life for the next... 30 years, dude. 30 years, 3-0. All right. So much so that most of my 20s, most of my 20s, uh, most of my 30s, and half of my 40s, I spent in prison. So, safe to say, most of my adulthood, brother, in prison, not outside. Okay? I'm 51 this year. And when's the first time you got caught? First time I got caught was when I was 22. 
the age oh, you of kind 22. of escaped for quite a period of time, huh? almost yeah, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is this. I started smoking weed at 13. 15 years old, I was hooked on heroin. Oh, shit. Yes, shit. Is that the right is the word. hardcore of the hardcore? Hardcore. Dude, hardcore. Same thing, curiosity. Mm. I saw my friends doing it. I mean, the group of us, we all did weed. Except this one dude that did heroin. So I was very curious, honestly. Because I saw the high they gave him was very different from what we experienced. Yeah. So I just wanted to know. Okay? Although he said, my la, my la. What's my, my, my? You know what I mean? Try law. Okay? But, um, fortunately, I guess, fortunately, yeah, when I was addicted, yeah. I did not know I was addicted. Mm. So it's like a norm to you? Okay, you, you understand? Yeah. <laughs> Try and understand this. Uh. So when I was about to go into the army, what happened was this. Um, I stayed at home. All right? I didn't go out. I don't know for whatever reason. And then withdrawal set in. Mm. All right? I started having the runs, you know, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't walk kind of thing. But I did not know it was withdrawal. Mm. I thought I was very sick. Yeah. So I just stayed at home. Mm. And because of that, I was weaned off heroin. Only later on um, in my 20s, then I realized, oh shit, that was actually heroin withdrawal. Huh? Yeah. So if I had known I was going through withdrawal, things would have been very different. No? Because I would have actively go and search for heroin yeah. just to stop my withdrawal. But the fact that I didn't know stopped me from smoking heroin. And then I went to army. Two years, nothing. Clean. Clean. Not even weed, nothing. Oh, nothing. Nothing, zero. I was, I was a good boy. Yeah, I mean, nearly wanted to fight a few times. I hammer my empty sergeant, but that's beside the point. No drugs, no nothing. I went to church, you know, had, had a girlfriend then who was very churchy also. That's why, that's why since you are win, you know, they never do drugs in the army, you're a lieutenant in the army. Kepala <laughs> hotak, lieutenant. Three months before I come out, then they give me my lunch corporal. After I ROD, then I get my back pay. Idiot. Lieutenant pula. Okay. And then, when I ROD'd, uh, uh, when I ROD'd 1989, my mom and I, we rented a place up in Newton, Newton, Newton Circles called Winstead Drive. Oh, that's a nice place to stay at, man. Yeah, you should have stayed there last time, okay? Drug infested, dude. Really? Yeah. yeah. What you it's nice. old. It's old. It's nice. It's colonialist. I tell yeah. you that I want to slap his face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, we are the one that slap people. No? <laughs> They only have two blocks, one nine-story uh, nine block and the other one a two or three-story block. Mm. So both are rental. Uh. So my yeah. mom and I, we rented the nine-story block. Oh, I think the Winslet House is no Winslet longer Drive. Winslet House. No, no it's no. torn down already. The one that's available now is Mong Hill Terrace. Oh, Mong Hill Terrace. Just parents. right in front I of know, you guys. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. So when we moved there after I ROD, yeah. okay, dude, every day when I come out of my flat to go to the leaf, I see people uh, at the leaf at staircase uh, landing smoking. Uh, Same heroin. shit I, I went through, yeah. And then when I see them smoking, yeah. I know what they're doing, what? Yeah, of course. So what happened? <laughs> Trigger. Start back again. Ah, ding, ah. ding, oh, oh, ding, the heart start. Long time. Uh, fo, kena misty su, uh. So one day, I mean, this dude, I don't talk to him at all. No? Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, of course, I just moved there for a short period of time. But we never like, hi, hello, and no. Okay. But one day when I saw him at the staircase, I just pack up my courage, no? Because I can speak Malay, ma. I said, hey boy, apa macam kau sana ada tak? He said, nak apa? Kau nak ubat lah, boleh, boleh tolak satu. He looked at ubat me. Ubat means heroin for the uh, listeners. Ubat means yeah, heroin yeah, lah. Yeah. So during then, they sold in straws. Alright? 
So in 1989, it was $10 a straw. So he said he had, okay, and I left right from him, okay? Left right, I went back, I took, I told myself, just this straw. Just want to experience the high that I got last time, and that's it. Yeah. Just once, that's yeah, why I just, that one. just one. Yeah. So what we must understand, listeners, is your brain has a wonderful way of lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Once will never happen. And I got screwed, dude. Because of that, I got screwed. All my adult life, I got screwed big time. Oh, no wonder you had an incident at Wisma. Because you were living around the area. Exactly. Hey, no. Ah. No, I had an incident in Wisma because I'm Amor. Amor go Ochero, brother. Hey, Why, I look like I go Gelang. this guy. No, but how far can you wonder when you're on heroin? You can't wonder much, right? Why? Can you? If I got enough bus fare, I got taxi fare. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you this. What are the kind of drugs that you involved with? Okay, um... Inhalants like glue, sniffing, okay? If you consider that a drug, I've tried before. Um, weed, heroin, pills. So, pills, many different kinds. I. Aramine, Abjorn, Abjorn, shit, that's the one that screwed me up. Okay, Abjorn, um, Roji. There was once quite hot, Subutex or whatever. You oh call no, it. Subutex is different. If you want to talk about that later, Nanti, Nanti. Okay, Subutex I tried. Oh, yeah, Kanchong. Like, 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 like. Uh, Subutex, I tried also. What else? Uh, heroin, K, meth. Yeah, Literally, tried. you've gone through the entire yeah. uh, grocery list. Uh. Something like that. The entire like menu. menu, uh, menu. Uh, uh, I tried the entire menu. Cocaine dengan stem, belum. LSD? Yeah, LSD. Yeah. Belum and don't plan to. Okay. Because during the 80s, uh, uh, when I used to go out to Fais Plaza, yeah. there was this dude that did stem. Uh. Yeah. I kid you not, no. We witnessed it with our own eyes. Yeah. He took stem. You know, there's a McDonald's, right? Yeah. 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 He sat down there. He bought a cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. He was stirring the coffee. He was looking at the coffee swirl. Yeah, and it plays with your with your mind. Yeah. As he looked at it, you know what he saw? He saw first. He saw a small dorsal fin coming out. Mm. Spinning as it spun, it grew bigger and bigger and big. And then suddenly, a shark jumped out of the cut. He screamed his head off, dude. That really fucks with your mind, sir. Yeah, that LSD. is why. I'd never try LSD. What now, Scared no more. Yeah, I mean, it can turn out either ways, uh. It can turn out like super fantasy kind of thing, or it can be nightmarish, uh. And pray tell how you know. <laughs> it all depends on your mood, I think. Oh, and how do you know this fact? Do you mind revealing to your listeners? <laughs> well, you might need to edit uh, this. I think we really, really need to edit this shit out, uh. <laughs> You also mentioned that you were part of a gang. Yes, I was. Uh, like what I mentioned earlier is because I joined a gang that's why drugs was easily available to me because during the 80s my gang actually had a foothold on the marijuana trade at Juche yeah. Ah. yeah so Juche area was one of the places where you want weed you go Juche so when you join a gang is there like rules and regulation like you know the Mandalorian this is the way or the fight club Rule number one. Okay. Nobody mentions, you know. <laughs> In every organization, uh-huh. legal or illegal, there are always rules. Okay? Whether we follow them or not is another issue. Yeah. Okay? Of course, there are rules in gangs. Yeah. There are certain do's and don'ts, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, rules that are, some of them are, to me, draconian. Okay. Because you have to understand, gangs were formed, what, in the, what, 
But how do you get out of that gang? Okay. Um, I think you guys know that I do a lot of talks in schools and prisons right now. I'm, I'm a volunteer with the prisons and police. So some of the people I met, um, when I told them that I had did a public renouncement of my gang affiliation, they were actually shocked, you know. Yeah, public, huh? Yeah. I mean, in prison, I had to go on stage, declare which gang I was in, mm. you know, which gang and which uh, area I was at. Okay, and I said from henceforth today, you know, I wash my hands. I'm not going to involve in any activities. Wait, be- before that, I mean, when you, when you actually say something like that, th- does anyone in prison actually say you are a sellout or something? Like okay, so the thing is this. Let me ask you this question: If I have made a decision to do this, do you think I care what other people say? Yeah, if if I mean, uh, it all depends. Some do, some don't. Okay. I, I don't speak for others. I speak yeah. for myself. Okay. I spent a few months thinking. Mm. All right. My daughter, okay, is the most precious thing or person I have. Mm. Since I was young, I only had one wish and one wish alone. And that was to have a happy, happier family of my own. Because I come from an unha- unhappy family. Yeah. Okay. Not even a, ha- a family, lah, single parent. I told myself when I grow up, I cannot be like my father, okay? Never take care of the house, absent all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. I have to be the exact opposite. From my teens, you know, I had this dream already. And I always carry this dream with me. I always wanted a family of my own, family of my own, okay? Yeah. And when I finally have a family of my own, okay? I married late, huh, guys? I married late. Mm. Okay, my daughter is only 11 this year, and I'm 51. Yeah. Because um, I didn't want to rush in because I felt that having a family, I have to be financially stable. If not, you know, yeah. So that's, that is why I delayed my wedding. So anyway, um, that was the only thing I wanted. But guess what? My biggest dream, all right, what did it become? Mm, kind right. of shattered. Uh. Exactly. I did the exact thing, all right. I abhor my father for doing, for not taking care of my family, for not taking care of us. Because as a child, uh, what we have to understand is a child, psychologically, all right, when your child is growing up, without either parents around, uh, okay, that child will be lacking in some way when the child grows up. Okay, it might not, <coughs> I mean, the, what the child is lacking in might not be displayed okay, physically, but trust me, Consciously or even subconsciously, she is lacking in something. He or she is lacking in something. And I did not want my child to be like that. Let's say if you had a family, I mean a complete family, your father was around and all that, would you be like experimenting with things and all that? You think, if you look back. If I have a, repeat your question, if I have a, if my father was around. Yeah, if you have a family, which is like a complete family, like what you mentioned, um, looking back, would this all change? I'm sure you've thought about that, right? This is something that I will never, never find the answer. Mm-hmm. All right? Because what has been... I mean, the past, I cannot... I cannot yeah, re- correct. Re- yeah. But what I know is this. If my father had been around, yeah. okay, things will be different. How different? I don't know. I don't know. Okay? Yeah. Can be good, can be bad. Yeah. 
But like I said, it's something that I will not find out. Yeah. All right. So like this is the my biggest fear, and it came true. So when I went into prison, guys, I kid you not, uh, from the very first day I stepped into prison, I missed my daughter like crazy, really. Okay. Before I got arrested, I was already wanted by the police, no. So I I I didn't go home, or I was renting a place outside for I think close to a year. Just to avoid the police, lah. But what, why was that? You abscond urine or? Abscond urine lah, okay. Abscond LT, you know, dude. <laughs> 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 LT five years, no, bang, that my mind, yo. I know that when I abscond, I run, it's only a matter of time that I get caught, okay? Yeah. But we are like that lah, huh? can avoid, avoid first lah. So, like I said, every day I still made it a point to go and see my daughter. Mm. Hey, my wife would so bring my daughter to me. Took the risk while avoiding yeah. the police yeah. to just go and see your daughter. Yeah, even if it's for that, sh- you know, that few minutes. Okay. Um. After so I'll show you photographs of my daughter when she was young. Then you understand how I feel. Okay. Um. You guys are fathers yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, maybe you you have an idea. Yeah, yeah. I okay. I get what you mean. And then I got caught, and I went to prison. Honestly, I was devastated. Devastated. Okay, you know, in prison we always have to act macho, mm. right? Not because inside is survival of the fittest. Correct. You show any sign of weakness, any people are gonna latch on to it. Again, okay? one day sooner or later they are gonna come. So of course cannot cry, ma, table. Yeah. But do you think I never cried? I cried so many times, brother. But I cry at night. <laughs> yeah. When lights are off, everyone's sleeping. You know. I cross my my hands over my eyes and I cry. Cry because I miss my daughter so much. Every month, um, I only have one visit. I mean, now in prison you have one face to face visit and one tele visit. Okay, last time it's two face to face lah. Now they want tele visit. Yeah. So what happened is my daughter, my daughter don't like tele visit leh. Don't know why leh. Okay, when she sees me on a television screen, she ah she starts crying. So because of this, my wife only brings her to visit me once every month, the face to face, twenty minutes lah. Huh? And when she comes in, she will dominate the whole visit for twenty minutes. Ah, huh? she she will talk to me. Not that I understood what she said lah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So then three years plus, we we'll just play for the twenty minutes. Even when my wife wants to speak to me, ah, huh? my daughter ah, should not allow it. No, mm. so this went on for like close to four years. Okay, so. This was the kind of relationship my daughter and I shared. We were very close before I got arrested. Now, I'm sure this bond is stronger because of that between you and your daughter. Uh, you mean right now? Um, I hope it is. I hope it is. I mean, of course, I still love my daughter tremendously. But I also know that as a child grows up, <laughs> okay, things will be very different. Very, very different. But back to this gang, when you renounce your affiliation hmm. with them. Is there something that you need to do okay. or whatever? Right, right. You know, is there? Thank you. Okay, so guys, if I get, I get side road or off track, uh, you have to bring me back. Uh, oh, we'll bring you back, man. You have to understand, ah, uh, my frontal lobe is screwed up because I took a lot of drugs. <laughs> I tell you, uh, uh, I got excuse. No, uh? no worries, no worries. Okay, so I went. I did a public renouncement, mm. and that was the end of it. And no, back to your question. You said, was there fear? Blah blah blah. I tell you, absolutely no fear. Because I have decided to make a stand. Yeah. All right, not that I had to, no. Okay, I mean whether I renounce or I don't renounce. To be honest, 
Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Not okay? at all. Yeah. If I don't renounce, but I go out, I, I, I don't go back to my gang. All right? I just don't join them. It's about the same, right? Yeah. But I purposely did a public renouncement. Why? Because I wanted to make a statement. And the statement is, from henceforth, I'm clean. I want to change my life. Okay? Yeah. And I tell you, from day one since I renounced until today, I never had any problems. Okay? Because I have uh, people who have uh, secondary school, even people in prison who have spoken to, keep telling me this. Well, Bruce, if I renounce, uh, wait, my gang members, uh, you know, they will start hounding me. I scared, you know, they start, they will hurt me, hurt my family. I just yeah, listen yeah. to them. I listen to them. I said, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, if they keep calling me, then I don't go, then how? I said, okay. I said, very simple. They call you on your phone. Mm. All right. They call you today. Hey, brother, low light say there. What you do is, oh, I cannot, I cannot, sorry, today I got something to do, some other day. Alright, one time, huh? Tomorrow they call you again. Find another excuse. You have a list of excuses, huh? After calling 10 to 20 times, you think they're going to call again, dude? Yeah. Fed up, ready, one. I keep calling every day, my life, my life, my life, guess, lah. Correct? But if there are others who are very persistent, okay? Well, you better come down, I tell you, don't come down, I'm going to go up to your house. One more very easy thing to do. You know, um, in this new millennia, our, our handphone are called smartphone, right? Yeah. If you open WhatsApp, uh, there's a function called block. No <laughs> ah, <laughs> block! Ah. I mean, dude, you see? So, <laughs> options are available. Okay? And the part about being stabbed and all that, dude, from where? I tell you, dude, Hong Kong movies and YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singapore, because this shit don't happen. Until today, yeah. I've not is. seen this happen to anyone. And you know, when we do a public renouncement, uh, uh, CID knows about it. No? It has to be cleared by CID. They'll come down, they'll give us a, a, a letter saying, they will go and check. Uh. I, mean, I say I'm from this gang, they will go and check whether it's true or not. No? This gang, this location, don't <laughs> play play. No? Yeah. yeah. So they must confirm, oh, Bruce is from this gang, this location. Then they come down, okay, I check already, correct. Yeah. Okay. Di tweet should I you know renounce okay sign, and he will give me warning you know this is the warning I got. They, they I got give you, you a certificate of appreciation. God, wait long long. <laughs> <laughs> they told me from henceforth if I go out, okay, I get into trouble with my gang, they can send me to five five now. Uh, but if my gang members want to give me trouble, I just call. All I need to do is call them, okay, and they can't back me up. So you see. If we really make up our minds to go on straight and narrow, there are people who are willing to help us. Okay? I mean, Duke, I don't care what other people say about me. Oh, say I talking. What what talking? My family is more important than you, no? No, I mean, uh, being around for 30 years has served its purpose, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have, I've been made use for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you decide to resign after 30 years in a job, I'm sure. I think no I've done right. Will, yeah, yeah. yeah no exactly. Will, yeah. And I demand a Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> the golden handshake. Yeah. <laughs> so how was it like in prison? You want to talk about that? Sure. The first day. Let's go back to the first day when you got uh, convicted for stealing a tie in Wisma. Of all things, huh, you stole a tie. Dude. <laughs> Pills, dude. Okay. So, few drugs if you want to try don't try. <laughs> All drugs don't try. <laughs> CMB, I didn't say anything. Okay? Few drugs you must not try. Sleeping tablets, LSD and all that. Because 
drugs like this, dude, I tell you, screw you up. You tekan already. You lost, you know. Yeah. And the funny thing about pills is, is when you take, your hands uh, become very itchy, you know. You just want to take things. I'm not, I kid you not. You ask if you know of anyone who is a pill popper, you're going to sing true or not. Yeah. Okay, so when I was in uh, Changi before, uh, the old Changi prison, uh, yeah. I know of this dude, uh, pop pills also. Uh, mm. I believe he stole... I forgot, nine batteries or something? Nine batteries? Battery lah. Uh. You go 7-Eleven. And this guy repeat offender, no? A lot of times. Okay? Most, all, all the time he stole batteries lah. I, I don't know. Probably Car other batteries, things lah. Double A, triple A. This one ah, Nine batteries, you know how many, uh, what's his prison sentence? Right. I guess. Three years. Three years. You? I don't know, man. F- okay. uh, five, three. Five. Yeah. You got nine years. One year for one battery. What? what? One year for one battery. And what he got was a CPD, uh, criminal preventive deta- uh, detainee, I think. Meaning he is a repeat offender. Yeah. Okay. No remission, dude. Nine years, nine years solid. People still millions of dollars get less than nine years. Uh. Tef, uh, I know of a lot of people, Tef, uh, 20 years PD. Uh, that means solid 20 years. Uh. I'm not joking. So the law in today's setting or many years ago, they started realizing that TEF uh, okay, is, actually, is a disease. actually, yes, a lot of them is because their mind is diseased. You know, kleptomania. Mm. Yeah. Some of them, of course, they steal because they need, need the stuff, they want the stuff, you know. But there is a healthy number of them who stole because they have a psychological problem. So they would send them to IMH for evaluation. So if the letter comes back, say, yes, this guy got this kind of disease. <laughs> so basically you were high you just want to grab something just steal yes, something it doesn't exactly, care the value exactly. you, don't, you don't care exactly. what it is okay. I mean, dude what the hell I need a tie for I was a drug addict no I know what the hell drug addict wear tie a, a good looking drug addict <laughs> a former one really? who knows seriously wanna be a lawyer who knows I took the tie I got arrested and another sad thing happened because it was my first time in prison they sent me to a minimum security prison MSP like is torn down already, demolished already. Okay, that being medium security, we st- slept in dormitories. So each uh, the one at Admiralty or something. Right? No, no, no. no. Uh, oh. the one at just outside Changi Prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Admiralty is AWP lah. Yeah. AWP. Mm. Okay. So the the thing is this: one dormitory, hundred people. Okay, and you have canteen items and all that. Okay, and security there was mm, a bit on the low side. So workers could actually pass canteen items to lock up people, okay? Depending on which gang you are, your gang members will come and, hey, are you from my gang? Okay, take, take this for you. And it was exactly like a holiday chalet for me there. No? I'm not joking. Six months, ah, no lock up. Every day, like seven o'clock after breakfast, gate open. I loiter around the yard. No? At night, go inside, watch television until like nine o'clock. Uh, weekends and public holidays until like 12 or something. So it's like a holiday for me. It was like a, something, a thrilling experience. Yeah, a thrilling experience. So when I left prison, instead of leaving a, a mark in me, a mark of fear, all right, to me, it became a badge of honor. All right. Uh, I've been in prison before. I've earned my strike. Strike one, Lance Corporal. Huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you know what's the worst thing I did? When I came out of prison, uh, first time I'm in prison, uh, my mom was the only living relative I have, you know, during then, okay? You would think that, wow, I would go back, want to be reunited with my mom, you know, see her, hug her and all that. 
No, you know, brothers. First thing I did when I came out of prison, I took a taxi. I went to my supplier. Oh damn! I scored dulu. Okay, I got heroin. I smoked. I went back high. My mom looked at my face. She knew I was high. Okay, who I kind of scolding, raba raba, and it's it's not about the scolding. It's about the disappointment. Disappointment, yeah. yeah. She had in me. Okay, I went for a total of one urine test. <laughs> one urine test. That's it. It's gone again. Yeah. So second time I went in for robbery, three and a half years and twelve strokes of the cane. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Same thing because of pills. Fuck. Pills, dude. Listeners, listen. Pills, ah, huh? sleeping tablets. I take one ready. Same thing. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I took a knife. I said I needed money. I went to a shop. I wanted to rob the shop. Shit. Without any intention, nah. Eh? No, no. A convenience of course, store. Of course, I had the intention there. After the pills, but my intention, I I can't say was uh, what's the word for it ah? Uh? I mean, I was high at the time. Yeah, like. yeah. I, I wasn't mean, thinking it, straight. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude. Correct. Yeah. That's what I meant. So this what you rob a convenience store? Yeah, got a store in Serangoon Road. I just went in. I wanted to buy something. You open the tilt. I grab the money. I wanted to go. Of course, being in Serangoon Road, I got kerupuk jalan. Oh, the time like here, I don't know what they're saying. I kena what? Yeah. Wow, chicken wing. You know, kena. Police came, brought me back to the police station. Uh, when my pills wore off, ready, I walked up in the cell. I went, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Really?" And do you remember what you did? Vaguely, <laughs> okay. I mean, when you're on pills, ah, huh? freaking fear loading okay, in Las Vegas. When you yeah. are on pills, you don't see the full movie, you know. Yeah. You see parts of it. Snippets, uh. okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, probably a bit in front, sikit in the middle, then ending lah. Ah, uh, ending. Got ending. The pills like wearing off already. That's about the extent of what I remember. Okay, and then you went in. You got cane. Twelve strokes. Yes. Okay, I've read, I've seen, but I've, this is the first time I'm in front of somebody that has been cane in prison. Okay. How was it, man? I mean, what was, I don't know what was going through your mind when you know you're there getting prepped f- to be cane. Okay, so prep prep by who? Yourself, I, know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> myself is psych. I have to psych myself. <laughs> so of course the the thought of getting twelve strokes of the cane, ah, yeah. I tell you, I sketch shitless. Mm. I mean, you hear horror stories yes. of you know what yes. what caning entails. You know how people suffer. Mm. All right, I was really a sketch shitless, and I guess my cellmates know about it. Okay, so all of them tried to comfort me. Post me lah, tiai tiai, but tong ekwe. You know it's going to be painful, but you know you can you can endure. And then there was this guy, old timer. Uh, he saw that I was worried. He came up to me. Uh, he said, "I'm okay." He used to call me "I'm okay." Lah. He said, "I I took strokes before. Listen to me, all right. Strokes go down. You're going to feel the pain. But the good thing is, after two or three strokes, ah, uh, your backside become numb already because you know, yeah." <laughs> One mic stand. Stand. Thank you all for listening to One Mic Stand. Do follow us on our Facebook and Instagram page. That is O N E underscore M I C S T A N D. Also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts with the same name. And last but not least, to all our groupies, we could not have done it without your support and feedbacks. Fuck yeah. So like I said, this old timer came up to me and said, you know, after like two or three strokes, your backside will be numb, the pain will be less. Mm. So take it easy, twelve strokes, you know, um, go by very fast. When I listened to what I said, wow, I felt very relieved, you no. Know? 
okay old timer now you should know what he's talking about okay. I mean I can't really remember <laughs> his name or who he is yeah. but I really wish I could meet him right now or again so that I can slap his bloody face <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would have a reunion no. with him <laughs> Nam, numb my food guys the pain got more and more intense <laughs> oh my god I, okay I, I tell you okay I, but that first stroke Okay, that's why I'm... Okay. Lang ah, lang ah. Story I told you. Maybe yeah. later we tie him up and no, kill no, him. Got, got, yeah. <laughs> remember what I said just now? Every story there's a beginning. And me yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, relax, relax. Yeah. Hold your horses. <laughs> the cane, you must know, it's four feet long. Huh? Thickness, uh, there are variations. Variations not because, oh, give you more pain. No, no, no. It depends uh, on the cane. Some, they prefer holding a thicker cane or thinner cane. Uh, that's it. Everyone four feet long. Okay, a lot of people tell you they are dipped in horse urine. All right, horse shit. Yeah, it's horse shit. Okay, it's actually dipped in uh antiseptic. And sanitizer, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. When we go, we are stripped naked. All right, and we are strapped onto an A-frame. Okay. All right, chain not during then was yeah chained to an A-frame, so if too painful, guess what? You cannot run. Tabli <laughs> lari, <laughs> you still have to be there. Alright So I was the second guy That got caned that day eh? The guy in front of me was I forgot Bangla or Indian National Oh overstay eh? Yeah Illegal over, eh? Something 12 strokes Cannot strokes. be illegal Oh uh, overstay, 12, 12 strokes yeah, cannot, cannot. I don't know what his crime was But he was in front of me So last time uh, When this guy go to, For caning Alright The second guy Is to Squat by the door To wait uh, Wait your turn lah. Once he finish You go but in But you can see him I, if, if I peek, I can see him lah. Okay. okay. So for him, okay. But who the hell want to peek, man? See people's backside. <laughs> <laughs> so the ASP down there will start the call, okay? Stroke one or rotan satu. Then the cana will go, you know, some of them would stand and swing. But last time they had a lot of canas that had this style. Yeah. You know what? You know how people throw a short putt or a discus? Yeah. You mm. know the spin? I've seen it, I've seen it. Uh, yeah. Oh, you've seen caning before I've that seen, way? I've seen okay. it, yeah. Dude. Two big steps away, yeah, yeah, and he spins one round. Yeah. You know, the force that comes down. And you know what's the most wait, astonishing wait, no, no. part the about guy this? Guy spins before he's hit. Yeah, oh, and you know what? Or not he hits the fucking same spot, huh? Yeah, he can if you want to. They are that well trained, and all caners, if you look at them, they share one same trait. You know what's that? All of them, their biceps, them braba, them big, Bicep all big, solid, oh no, really. <laughs> that guy in front of me, uh, yeah. him. Okay, you have to understand this. Uh, in prison, we have rules, uh, no, and regulations, gang rules and regulations. So the gang, the regulations and rules for prison is this: when you get cane, you cannot say anything, ah. Uh. Mm. No, ah, uh, cannot, no. You have to. Why, Luna? <laughs> yeah, that those are the rules. Because if you like ah, uh, it shows that you're not man enough. Oh, okay. Sir. And hey, last time they kid you not, know, you sque- they ostracize you, you no, know, ask you to relax one corner, you no. Know? They call you pussy, yeah. Ah, uh, something like that, lah. They find trouble with you. So this dude that went in front of me, first stroke went down until last stroke. He screamed his head off, like mom. Me being the second guy, I tell you, I panic. <laughs> I said, next my turn, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, I I told myself, oh, see, 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 die, 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 die. Yeah. How, how, how? Mm. The fear was that I might scream out accidentally. Okay, and face is in prison is very important. No? Yes. Okay, when I when they strapped me on, I tell you my heart was racing. Okay, really was racing, and then came my first stroke. Okay, rotan satu, 
water spun, bam, first stroke landed. You know, I felt like, I felt like I was hit by a big piece of wooden log. The pain was blunt, huh? okay. Screaming pain kind of shit. No, huh? no, no, blunt. Blunt kind of pain. One would think that caning, like how our parents came us, that sharp pain, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, no, yeah. it's blunt. Ah, like a big piece of log. You know, I told myself, I said, eh, what if the pain like that, ah, 12, I can tan. You know, ah, really, I can tan. Right, so first stroke in the mid- uh, middle of my bum. Then stroke number two. Two, I think, landed on top. Okay, then stroke three landed below. So one, two, three, lah. Alright, then came the fourth stroke. He goes back to the first Get, stroke. Yes. <laughs> fourth stroke land on the first stroke. And that's where you And that's scary. where the party begins, dude. <laughs> first stroke will actually like soften your skin. You can see a white line. Second stroke, they hit, lands on your first stroke, your skin will tear. Start to tear and then Split you start open. Bleed. Yeah la, then what? Oh fuck, yeah. Yeah. It's that shitty, uh. yeah. Split you don't split open then what? Yeah, split open la, dude. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> then blood will start Shit. pouring or dripping down your leg, alright? And the pain with each stroke, the pain gets more and more intense. I kid you not. I was really biting onto my teeth, no. Because my biggest fear then was accidentally ah or liao, half base. Okay. So even if you say you can't take it anymore and the doctor is there to assess it and say you can, they will still continue, correct? No, if I say I cannot take it anymore. Why? I must have like heart attack, faint, pengsan, then, you know. I took my strokes until the seventh stroke. Huh? Seventh stroke, my, both of my legs started spasming. My muscles, they shook voluntarily, you know. Okay? It lasted all the way to 12 strokes. After 12 strokes, well, the water come very fast. So pop out, release the strap. Okay, go outside. So, Bring in that next fucker. <laughs> so in you were saying, saying your legs were spasming. I mean, you can walk after that. Yeah, I can walk, but I mean, we're wobbling. Diffi- la, nah, wobbling okay, with difficulty. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Went outside. We're supposed to face the wall. Then there's going to be one dude holding a pill. Okay. With, I think, iodine inside. Yeah. And he has a brush. A very rough and hard oh. brush. I didn't know about that. He said, okay, face the wall. Ah. Put your hands on top. I put... He bloody smear that iodine on my bum with that brush. I, I can still remember because I was shocked. You know, I, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna apply medicine. I would uh, feel better. Wow, brother, I cannot that one. I nearly screamed out. I was pissed. No, I turned around. I just said, hey, say, I did me, and he was like, he was shocked. He said, no, 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 medicine, medicine, medicine. Yeah. How old were you, this? Uh, Back then. I think it was 24, 25. Oh, man. Okay, mm. la, still firm, la, your ass. So, all in total. But I think, nothing happened after that. La. There's no more caning after that in your other stints. Have. Oh, shit. So, oh, so in total, I've, I've uh, taken 21 strokes. So, 12, 6, and 3. I mean, some would say that I've shed enough skin to make a Prada bag. <laughs> Like a crocodile. Ah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Ah, this one more high class, ah, more expensive. Ah. How long does it take to heal that 12 strokes? Well, that one, I cannot really recall, but um, it took quite some time. Okay, and I'll tell you why. It's on your backside, no? Yeah. Okay? So, in prison, when we want to go to toilet, we squat. Mm. 
You squat too fast, what happened? Your wounds? Open again. And then the healing process starts. And then at night when we sleep, we have to sleep with our uh, back facing the ceiling, right? Yeah. yeah. But when you sleep, you don't know my, you turn, correct? Yeah. So morning when I wake up, I see my eyes looking at the ceiling, I go, oh shit. You know why? Yeah, of course, my, because it's on the rough surface, right? No, because my pants have got stuck on my wounds, dried up already. Oh. I need to peel it off. Yeah. <laughs> so every morning when I wake up, I see the ceiling, same thing, I go, oh shit, not again. And then you have to pour water on your pants, slowly, slowly peel, slowly. Okay, healing process starts all over again. So it was a, yeah, it was a really horrowing and bad experience. This experience is not something anyone want to go through. Have you ever lost anyone to drugs or something like that? The people that you know? Um, actually, I, I did. I have. Overdose, you mean? On drugs? Uh, okay, I... Wait, uh, wait. I think it was like two or three years back. I actually met someone, you know, um, from the past. La. I met this guy on the street. It was from my gang. Started speaking, you know. Uh, I started asking questions. Hey, this guy how? That guy how? This guy how? So I brought up uh, this person's name. He told me, oh, this guy died already. He just died like few weeks ago I'm, I said ah why died because of what liver failure okay because of heroin because this dude okay for the longest time uh, since I was young uh, 13 when I was 13 it was like late 20s or early 30s he was already smoking heroin uh. <coughs> so the thing is this he did not go and get the straw and all that because his family they are quite okay he had money alright so his father when his father passed on left a lot of money for him yeah. so what he did was he always go and buy batu oh the whole okay. brick huh? yeah, he go and buy the whole brick yeah. not to sell huh? to smoke because every time every time you go out uh, you know you risk the chance of getting caught yeah. so for him I buy one time I keep low at home yeah. and I smoke slowly and guess what he smoked until he died <laughs> so I, I don't know for me it's a sad thing for the drug addicts puas hati brother <laughs> Heaven, eh? I know of a friend once. Uh, it's a close friend, very close friend of mine. Secondary school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we were like always together, but he's into drugs. Okay. And he got into heroin pretty early, also during his teens, probably during school time. Um, and to cut the long story short, he actually passed on uh, with a liver failure, also. Okay. Um, Subutex. Oh, okay. Well, Subutex is what? That is jalat. Okay. And at um, one point in time, his arm shrank, his legs became black and things like that, and he was totally spiraling out of control. I have seen a lot of these cases in prison. All right. Gangrene. That's gangrene setting in. I mean, I've, I have not lost anyone to OD. Yeah. All right. But I've lost a lot of people because of drugs, meaning they start taking drug, drugs like meth, Math really screws up your mind, okay? You start thinking things that's happening that's not happening, okay? So much so that, you know, I have a few friends that jumped, you know, jumped. Wow. Okay, and until today, we don't know the reason why. <laughs> okay, one day is okay, no family problem, really no family problem, no nothing, no debts, no nothing. Next thing, you know, he's saying, I'm sorry, blah, blah, jump. Dude, sorry for what? What do you do? 
until today we don't know what happened this things happened uh in my camps in ns oh is it yeah because i was from civil defense uh, at one point in time civil defense and my camp was one of the worst what camp is. is that reveal uh and i can no i can lah it's fsb at orchard lah So uh where the condemn squad guys right okay from Jalan Bahar they actually sh- closed that particular unit and they shifted everyone there okay. to be GD lah general duty okay. Okay. so it's like a drug heaven down there and i know of some who's into this kind of pills and meth and things like that mm. after ns not during ns after ns mm. suddenly you found out that this guy died jump from a block in bunking or that fellow died jump from another place but what the fuck man there was there wasn't any problem now that you're saying this Maybe it, uh, it is somewhat somehow related to. They don't have problems. They lead a simple life, but. Okay. What you guys have to understand is this: uh, for a person to jump, okay, telling himself, "Why well, cannot take it anymore? I hate this life. I'm going to jump." Okay. I tell you, it takes a lot of courage. Uh. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage. Okay, because I have been there, two or three times, myself. I stand at the verge of the parapet already. You know. Okay, I really want to jump. Uh, one of it was 12 story. All of them above 10 story lah. Okay? You superman means habis. Mm. Right? I was at the verge. Okay? I keep telling myself, what am I doing? What sort of life am I having right now? No money. Every day I need to find money to score drugs, to score heroin. I got no heroin. I cannot this, I cannot that. Life seemed absolutely not worth living anymore depressed yeah three times okay and three times i dare not jump yeah. okay we've had some people in the podcast who's who i think about two of them and mm-hmm. yeah and they've they've encountered the same uh thoughts in their head two or three hours mm-hmm. pre- down pa- there. Uh, pacing around yeah. the 12th floor 10th floor you know thinking are we going to do this are we not going to do this hey, am i going to do this but most of them back to it and it take a lot of guts to actually decide on that yeah you're right so when people start abusing meth okay i i guess meth is the drug of choice nowadays synthetic drugs mm. meth screws up your mind so when you take meth you start um, hallucinating you know thinking a lot of things happening which is not happening and then pop you jump okay so if heroin it is a different thing they jump is because they cannot take the stress of their lifestyle All right, you know, tak ada duit lah, nak nak cari wang, nak pergi sekolah, tak ada gua sakit lah. Okay, and like maybe being unable to feed their family, uh, stress issues. Uh, so two different things lah. Yeah. Hmm. And now that I, I I came across an article a few days ago, right? I think you've seen this, right? Remember this nine-year-old guy who a nine-year-old girl who actually wrote a letter to the president. You saw that one on Facebook? I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. It's pretty uh viral. <laughs> uh. And then she wrote this article because the father's going going to go through a death sentence. Okay. She wrote an uh, she wrote a letter to the president appealing okay. like, you know, with the pictures and all this kind of thing. I'm caught in two minds when it comes to this. Do we abolish the death penalty? Because if we abolish the death penalty penalty through a letter, okay. it actually um set a precedent yeah to and it know. opens the floodgates lah basically but if we go through with it okay. this uh nine year old girl is genuinely uh like you know concerned sad you know mm-hmm. because she's going to lose her father okay. 
So what do you think about this? So you want my take, right? Yeah, I want it's your take. It's very yeah. simple. Yeah. When you, I'll give you an example. When you play a game of football, yeah. or basketball, okay? You obviously know the rules, right? Yeah. It's the same. You want to play this game, drugs, trafficking, you know what's involved. Okay? Yeah. But the daughter doesn't know, is it? Then someone has to tell her. Alright? It is the law of the land. And this law has to be upheld. Yeah. A lot of people will consider it draconian. You know, you don't need a jailing for life. Mm-hmm. What jailing for life is what? Huh? If I had a choice, I prefer to die than to be jailed until the day I die. Okay? I mean, can you imagine this? Huh? With our... Capital punishment for drugs, huh? People are still doing it. Yes. So my question is, what if we don't have this capital punishment? Then how? It might just spiral out of control. Uh, Never know. So, Singapore being Singapore, that means we are a very young nation. How old are we? I cannot. (laughs) What's our? Fifty-five, by the way. Okay, fifty-five, huh? Yeah. We are fifty-five years old. Look at where we are right now. Our achievement. All right. No other nation comes anywhere close to Singapore. Why? Because of strong governments. Okay? What natural resources does Singapore have? What can we depend on? What is our commodity? You tell me. Uh, Sheet. Sheet, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We are only a financial hub. That's it. Last time, 50 years ago. Even until today, we only have one commodity. You know what's the commodity? People. Exactly. Singapore's commodity is her people. And we are very dependent on foreign dollars, you know, investors, you know. If, if Singaporeans are, you know, stanga, half of them, or oh, high, you know, stone, uh, don't care about the law, here, fight, there, fight. Do you think people are going to invest in Singapore? If people don't invest, dude, we are screwed, you know. We won't be where we are today. Alright? So if you ask me, a hardcore drug addict, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's why I asked you because exactly. your opinion matters Should in this one. This law be upheld. I say yes. I say yes. Okay? Because when we go into this game, we already know the rules. So when you get caught, don't cry foul. Don't. Alright? Mm. Yeah. I guess when you do this thing, you know what you're in for. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, come on lah. You don't know, ah. Don't come and play this game. Alright? Yeah. Do you think the Yellow Ribbon Project helps in any way? Okay, the Yellow Ribbon Movement was started by Mr. Jason Wong. I guess for, for one purpose. And that is to create more awareness for the plight of ex-offenders. Alright? And, you know, the, the difficulties of reintegrating back in society. You know, basically to give... To try and uh, do away with the stigma. Yeah. Okay. So Yellow Ribbon is a movement uh, to create more awareness. Movement. Uh. So for all ex-offenders listening out there, this is a movement and it is not a right that you have. Meaning you cannot go out and keep using, oh, Yellow Ribbon, you must give me chance, you must give me chance. Chan Mali Chan. <laughs> really, I tell you Chan Mali Chan. Uh-huh. Who says people have to give you chance? You tell me. Yeah. No one owes you anything, what? Okay? I mean, I have, I've heard a few that said to me, Bruce, 
You know, last time I go, uh, I wanted to turn over a new leaf. I go and look for a job, no. Then everybody said I got prison record. Uh, uh, don't want to employ me. Then I tell them, oh, yellow ribbon for what? Oh, do you know? So when they told me this, I kept quiet. I let them say, say what they want to say. And then I asked them. I said, okay, yellow ribbon is there to create awareness. Number one. Number two, you say people have to give you chance, right? Okay, tell me why. So I asked them, tell me why. And I tell you, every one of them stuck down there. Those that uh, did give me a uh, reply would always say yellow ribbon. And I would say, no, 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 yellow ribbon is just a movement. Yeah. Okay, it's not a law, that compulsory law that says people have to give chance. No. So you tell me. So if you put yourself in their shoes, if you are the boss, lah, for example, today you want to hire a cashier. Yeah. Two come for interview. One got record, one don't have. You tell me who you're going to hire? <laughs> Obvious, right? Answer. Yeah. Uh, same law. I say the same part. I say if I'm the boss, I want to hire people. I won't even hire myself. Uh. Yeah. Okay? It's a sad truth, but it is something that we have to do. We have to build up our trust all over again. Yeah. And I'm sure you also went through it if you, once you're out of prison, you try to look for jobs and you get turned down. I'm sure you have been there also. That happened right? to me in uh, year 2002 uh, when I was released after serving six years. So at the time when I came out, I was 33. Savings, kosong. Okay, don't even have a bank account. What I had at the time was, I think, a thousand two or thousand three. My savings from when I worked in prison. Okay. So when I came out with that money, my mom also gave me five hundred dollars. I didn't want, but my mom kept insisting. So with that money, less than two thousand, uh, I told myself, with this, I'm going to start a new life. I went to look for jobs. Okay, and I told myself, you have to be truthful, Bruce. When you declare, declare honestly that you have been in prison, because if you say no, ah. Uh, End of the day, people find out malu shol, correct. So I declared, lo, okay. And I tell you, no one called me up for next interview. No one, absolutely no one. Until one day, I was down to my last ten dollars, huh, guys. I was at a loss. I did not know what to do anymore. Okay, I told myself, wow, is this is this how my life is going to be? I I really want to change myself, okay, but. I'm not getting the chance that I need. And I'm now last, down to my last $10. I didn't want to take money from my mom again. I've made up uh, my mind. All right. I didn't know what to do. So I went to a pub owned by my friend. So I sat down there. He bought me a bottle. I was drinking. I mean, he looked at my face. He realized that something was wrong. So he asked me my problem. What was going on? I told him uh, about me looking for jobs for three months. Cannot get blah, blah, blah. Call the agents call. Okay, like $10. <laughs> So he said, okay, uh, let me speak to my partners. I will come back to you because we need to hire someone. Yeah. So I, I think it was one or two days later, he came back to me and offered me a job as a bouncer in his uh, pub. Daily pay, $60. Woohoo! That's all right. It's all right. At that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, the pub was a friendly pub, yeah. you know. Mm. Okay. So it was there that I worked as one year. I started uh, meeting and mixing around more people. So much so that in that one year, Someone actually offered me a job, a regular job, okay? That means eight to five, lah, not night job, yeah. And I took on that job, okay? With my low education, I went into that company as a manager. Steady, oh, lah, manager, brother. <laughs> straight away manager, yeah, right? I told him, I said, Siao, beside me. I told him, I said, I got no idea. Never mind, you follow me, you follow me. Well, I panicked, no? He said, never mind, trust me. You're really a manager, lah, brother. What were you doing? 
No, I, uh, I don't want to reveal. It's not, okay. Yeah, but it has got to do with food, FMB lah, FMB. Oh. So all the jobs I have in more or less FMB. So bouncer lah, you know what I mean? Uh, bartender lah, this and that. So that was the first, yeah, my first big company job. And from there, I worked another one year. I saved up uh, enough money. And then I opened a small shop in Fai Square selling fruit juice and beer. Whoa. Best combination, dude. <laughs> really? Guess, yeah? yeah, I kid you not. Guess what's the name of my shop? I have no idea, man. It could be anything. I know. Bruce, it was called Bruce Almighty. It was called. <laughs> it was called fruits and beer. Straightforward. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but beer Straight to the point. Beer with a Z behind. Okay, okay. And you know, Five Square was a CBD area yeah. uh, where I was located. Roll of pubs. Yeah. That's where the Casbah and all that was. Yeah. My beer was the cheapest. One bottle of Carlsberg, I cannot remember, three dollars or four dollars, some or five dollars, something like that. Yeah. Compared to the other side, I'm the cheapest, no. Yeah. And then uh, when my shop was there, government started a new law, mm. smoking area. And you know where they put my smoking? Where they put the smoking area at the area? In the smack, or in the middle of your shop. <laughs> my shop, where my tables were located. Woo! <laughs> wow. So I was there for like I think five or seven years. So my mom uh, was there to help. My wife, my girlfriend then, who is now my wife, was there also. So we were actually running that place for that many years, ah. Yeah. Happy times, lah. Happy times. So and then you still uh, got into shit, ah. Huh? Of course, I want to share. Oh, man, Bruce. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. When I was there, yeah. uh, two years, uh, yeah. I was so busy, I did not have time for anything else. You know, when you run a fruit juice shop, uh, F&B, dude, we're talking about morning to night, no? Yeah. I open shop at 8 a.m., I go back at 10 p.m., no? Yeah. So the good thing about my shop is that on weekends, we choose not to open. CBD area weekends, dead time, yeah. uh, really. I would open on Saturdays, half day, but there will be no customers. I'll close my shop. I'll go to the flea market. Oh, there used yeah, to be a flea yeah, market yeah. in front. China Square. I yeah. tell you, I'll spend a lot of money. La. Okay, okay. Um, what, was I, what was I trying to say? Shit, I forgot. Oh my gosh. But you're still getting in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for two years, I was too busy for, for anything else. So one day, uh, after lunch period, lunch period, like crazy, you know. Uh, I went for my break. So I just went behind my, my shop. There was like an umbrella with seats. So I just yeah. sat down there. Lah. Okay. I smoked. During that I smoked, I sat down there, relaxed. All of a sudden, I heard someone, Hey, I'm okay. Ah. Oh, shit. CBD area, dude. <laughs> okay. All of my customers, tie, long sleeve, office wear. I turned around, I saw this guy, t-shirt shorts. One mud down there. Totally out of place. Smack right in the middle of Shenton Way, okay. And of all the places and time, or I had to, be, I had to be there at that time at that place. Oh damn! I'm walking. I turn around. I look at him. I know that guy, dude. Hey, kenapa dekat dekat sini? I said my shop is in front. I said kenapa lu dekat sini? Oh, baru keluar. Customer dekat atas tak boleh keluar panggil gua sen lah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, get a customer somewhere who couldn't come out of the office needed smack. He delivered down. Ah. So you do deliveries? Ah? <laughs> hmm. And his next question. Do you still do it or not? I said, no, lah, long time, never ready. Ah. So lama tak ada. 
Well, saya sini ada spare nak. Alamak, brother. Spare? I got spare, you want or not? <laughs> When that word came out, whew, you know, it started triggering. My heart, you know, your heart starts racing, you know, your mind starts yeah. going crazy. This is when you actually mentioned earlier in the, that your brain actually, yeah. that, that, that part where it's it comes back. It's the mental addiction. Yeah. Yeah. That part, I tell you, boom. I told myself, like I said, your brain has an amazing way of lying to you. <laughs> I told myself this, Bruce, well, you work every day, no time to go out, and you need, you need outlet, like, you need rest, like, you need to chill. Huh? Yeah, same thing like, Just take this one time only lah. One time only yeah. Just that one time. Once one time won't get addicted. What you know what? Okay, man. Yeah. Berapa? Sepuluh ketol. Okay. Kasi satu suku. I took one straw. Alright. So as I was, I said thank you and walk away. Eh, moknya. Nah, aku punya handphone. Angkat. Take my number. Oh my gosh. And like I said again, your brain has an amazing. Oh my god. Me, I, I took the number. If I had not taken the number, and we that all know what happened yes, after that, exactly. Huh? Did it stop? It did not stop. From a one week, twice, three times a week habit, it became a daily thing. Within a span of one month, brother, oh. I was hooked again. I was hooked again on heroin. Okay. And then what I did, I took heroin and meth together. Because when I take heroin, you cannot work what? Yeah. Because you suck it at the time, you cannot work. But meth is a bit different. Okay. So I went to score meth also. Okay. So, one heroin. I then I went to take meth, thinking that I'll kick the habit. But dude, I was doing bro. Listening kind to of this drugs. story is exhausting, man. I can just imagine. I you know. I mean, I cannot I, imagine I know, the I ordeal know. you go through. I know. Uh. I know. It's just ah, like, oh, just when you want to get out, and then after it happened again, and when then all things went, everything went well, and then it starts again. Yeah. But hey, look at you now, man. How's your family and everything? You know. Uh, My family is. And great. what is your plans for future? And now that you're living well, cafe. Yes. So thank you for mentioning the cafe. My boss is not going to give me a raise, but she's going to thank you guys. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she want to invest yeah. in our podcast. <laughs> I am currently working in this cafe called the Living Well Cafe. So yeah. we are located at the ward block of Tan Tok Seng Hospital, at the annex walkway to NCID. Okay, so this cafe that I'm working in is a social enterprise. So my boss started this cafe for one reason and one reason only: to afford ex-offenders and the marginalised a job that pays fair wage. Okay, I mean, believe me, ah, uh, there are a lot of ex-offenders who are working outside; they're not being paid a fair, fair, fair wage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And her hope is that. This cafe would be an environment where you know people like us ah uh, can come to voice our problems and plight without having to face any prejudice. Mm. You know, a platform lah uh, where we can give our opinions. Mm. Okay, without having the fear of oh, would people look down on us? Because hey, my colleagues are from prison before, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have not been around a long time. We've been like a year. Okay, we do need a lot of support. Yeah. Support is very important, very vital to the survival of our cafe. Yeah. Okay, um, but I tell you, there are many people who have passed through this cafe. You know, they work after a while, they leave. Mm. You know. I do not know whether work there has helped them in their lives in any way. Yeah. Okay, 
But it is my firm belief uh, that this cafe was started not by my boss, but by God. I honestly do. I am, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So, so is my boss. So it's our belief that this cafe was started by God for this purpose of helping for people. For a reason. Kind of God actually showed you a path for this and uh, it's, it's quite enlightening. Uh, that. So this cafe is not about making money and more money, okay? Although we need, we need to money sustain. to sustain. Yeah. If this cafe can sustain, my boss is more than happy. Right? This cafe is about touching and healing people's lives, changing people's lives. That's why we are called the Living Well. What, uh, what do you sell there? Oh, in order to find out, please go to our Facebook your, page. Give me your uh, DJ voice. Uh, the okay. we, <laughs> go into our Facebook page and check out our salad bowls and our wraps. Okay. I mean, to the listeners, if you're not visiting patients there, you can just drop by there and, you know, yeah. drop yes. by the cafe. Yeah. Not at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Restrictions. Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. Correct. Restrictions. Yeah. But once this restriction is lifted up, please do come down to support us. I mean, even if you just pass by to say hello, yeah. honestly, it means a lot to us. Mm. You know, until today, I've, I've quite many people who actually walked past the cafe, stopped in front of me, and I said, are you Bruce? I, I was like, yeah. My mind was like, do I know you? Yeah, I'm the CMB father. <laughs> they said this, Bruce, Bruce, uh -uh, I've watched your video. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And they walked off. You know, it, it, it's a lot of encouragement yeah. for me. Because in my mind, I'm always thinking, well, I've done talks and all that for like three years, three over years. Yeah. Has it really ever touched or changed people's lives? We always have this nagging question. Yeah. Correct? Because the people that I speak to in prison, I, they're not my buddies. Right? Yeah. And I cannot have contact with them after they come out. I also don't know who, where or who to contact. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Before we go, can you maybe have some advice, some, you know, enlightenment about what you have gone through about people so that they don't fall into this trap and not go through this path? Maybe you can say it in our four national languages, like <laughs> how our prime minister did, you know? Hey, this guy is a bit, I, I'm, one, I'm not a politician, I will never be. Okay, I mean, okay. I mean, for real, yeah, you know. My last words are this. Advice. Like yeah. advice are this. Um, well, last words pula, macam gua nak mati, apa? <laughs> oh fucking hell I know there are listeners out there uh, Who have tried drugs But there are also some who have not Who are contemplating lah. Yeah. Nak try ke tak nak try yeah. And you know you are, you are telling yourself That I just want to try to You know experience it to see what it's like ma. Heard so many things about it mm. But never try I just want to try that one time Know about it and I'll stop Correct? Yeah. Don't lie and say you never had a thought Okay? This is what I want to tell you Everyone that I've met in prison yeah. started off with the same thought. I only want to try that one time. Which drug addict uh, ever started off telling us, oh, I want to get addicted to drugs. I have so an I'm ambition thinking, actually. Right? <laughs> no. All of them just want out of curiosity or most of them. All right? And look at what happened to them. What if you try for the first time and like me, you love that high so much. How? So you are actually gambling and betting your life on that gamble. So my question is, are you willing to take that risk? Yeah. All right? Because at the end of the day, you are the one who's going to face the music. You are the one who's going to face the consequence, not me. I can only tell you. Yeah. Okay? So yes, are you, going to, are you willing to take that risk? 
If you want, please go ahead and try, brother. I tell you, yeah, go ahead and try. All right. But then again, follow the rule of the land. Yeah. Once you get caught, exactly. That's it, yeah. Singapore zero tolerance drug policy. Yeah, lokana tangkap brother abis cerita. Eh, you gotta be marked for the rest of your life. So, are you willing to take the risk? That we leave to the listeners to judge. Thank you so much, Bruce. I wish we can talk more. There's a lot of things I want to ask you, man. Really, you know. But time is not on our side, and it's been a pleasure to have you on our podcast. It is the pleasure is all mine. I thank you for the invitation, and I know time is not on our side because my family is waiting for me. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, Bruce. Take care. Thank you. Take God. care. Bye.